Oh, and we're back. They say it's good for health to talk to your mother-in-law and your son-in-law. It's good for your mental health to listen to your mother-in-law and your son-in-law. So, <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. And this time we're going to be talking about tips and tricks and the day-to-day things that help with our mental health. How's life, Mary? Oh, it's it's all good. How I hope everything's well with you. Things are good. There's the ups and the downs, but it's more of a kiddie ride than it is a roller coaster. But today's a pretty good day. So, like, I, I wonder how we keep our days good. Like, what are some of the things that you found, the practical tips that have worked for you? You know, the number one thing still is breathing. Um, you know, I'm a teacher, and uh, today, as a matter of fact, I just got a little bit discombobulated, make the kids put their pencils down. Everyone breathe with me. Let's take five deep breaths. One, you know, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And so they just, they know that that helps me. So they do it as well. So it's one of those kind of days we did some four, seven, eight breathing, which is one of the best breathings when you're discombobulated or you're upset. I find for me, um, you hold your, uh, you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then let go slowly for eight. Four, seven, eight breathing. It's a great technique. It's a great breathing. It clears your brain, sends messages to your brain to focus, to concentrate. And the more you do it, the more messages to your brain to calm. Very cool. There's something about just getting in the present moment, slowing down, letting your body know, oh, it's all good. You can chill a bit. And what a cool, powerful tool that you're giving to the kids. Now, we need mental health instruction and navigation from grade one. We really do. Imagine how much more chill the world would be. So that's cool. Yeah, there's lots of biological things. So I think like we're biopsychosocial spiritual beings and thriving involves enriching each of these aspects, biological, psychological, social, and spiritual. I think the, the breathing one is great for the physicality. Any other biological things? What else like physical practices do you do that help you? Well, again, and and also movement, right? They say when you're depressed, when you're down, you have to move. So walking has been my thing. I love music. So walking and music, putting the headphones in, the wireless headphones, and just walking at a brisk pace, enough to get that exercise in as well, the fitness and and moving, and it's it's just good physical health. Um doing the walking and at my age, you know, I'm just turned 60. And so it's, it's doable. It walking is doable, put it in and you just walk. And I just love listening to the music and all kinds of different kinds of music to soothe my soul. When I'm down and out, I'll put the music on that makes me happy, which is my my Zumba dancing music, and then I'll go into my own favorites back in my day when I grew up that made me happy. Um, I, I remember, you know, way back when me and my cousin, we would just go in her back room and we would turn music on and we would just dance. And it remember when I'm walking, I remember those, you know, the memories come back. And then I just had an experience with my six grandbabies dancing at my my 60th birthday and so every time i walk and they have that kind of music it reminds me of good memories yeah. and i know the when 
we think of good memories that brings out the serotonin, right? Um, and, and, and it flows your brain and then you, you go from sadness to happiness. So you do things like that to work with your brain to produce what your body needs in order to produce happiness. Am I right, yeah, Josh? <laughs> so true. That's so cool. Yeah, the, the 60th birthday where I was there, and then you, you you remember looking over and seeing me, and you're like, "Oh, my son and little man!" Shot of joy <laughs> to the heart. I tell you what. <laughs> but you know, it's so true. Family. It's like the brain struggles to differentiate between external reality and imagination. Like they did a study where they had a group of basketball players practice shooting a hoop, and then they had a, a group of basketball players imagine shooting hoops, and the one who imagined shooting hoops improved physically at the same rate as the one who actually shot the hoops. So like when you're listening to those tunes and stuff and you're getting into that euphoric state and thinking about the memories, your brain's producing the serotonin and the dopamine and the endorphins, the adrenaline, all the good stuff that makes you feel good. And then it kind of rises your your natural state. It's like being the DJ of your own emotions. So yeah, that that's so powerful with the music thing. And, and me too, physically, like I tried the whole running thing when I was depressed and uh, that was just hideous because I was in Pasadena, which you were there today, but it was hot in the summer. And I was like, oh, I will feel better. I will feel better, but that didn't work. And then after we moved back to San Diego, surfing, surfing is a real big biological it's... thing that helps me to, oh, this it's like a connection to something much larger and medication. Like there was a season in my life where meds helped definitely like when i was in so-called psychosis they helped to bring me down and when i was in deep depression they helped to lift me up i think we're biopsychosocial spiritual beings and we're these amphibious beings of both animalistic mud as well as angelic creative spirit and meds finding the right dose and type can allow us to gravitate at the right mm. height between those two domains a balance between not being so down and stuck in the mud that we can't do anything and also not yeah. being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good so it, it helped me for a while and then I was able to slowly get off them and I've been off meds for years now. So that's possible too. Although mm. some of my buddies just love it. They they think that it's the best thing. So that helped me as well. I'm glad you mentioned all those things. And it just brings me to, you know, why why are we sharing? Because there's not a one prescription fits all for everyone. You have to go and seek seek the help. Like I went through my medical insurance for different avenues of therapies. And, and I did one that really helped a lot was um, getting in tune with my vulnerable child and, and uh, working through that through the eyes of my vulnerable child and, and working through it with the therapist. But then I've gone also to the other realm where it's just, you know, Kaiser this past summer, I, ha I went into uh, a seasonal depression um, from the letdown of the, the stressful school year and finding myself really like that roller coaster low. Yeah. And so I went back and they created, we created an action plan and, and I had to do homework and I found that very thriving for me and working through the issues and, and, and basing it up off homework and, 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 um, different. She was, um, overseeing my coursework, so to speak, for my mental health. So there's so many different avenues that I have gone through, you know, not just, I mean, learning how to breathe and therapy has always been a big part. I even had medicine at one time, but I'm fortunate that I can um, have most of my anxiety and depression um, be okay through all these different avenues that I've learned through therapy. And so when I need to go back and, and Kaiser's got a great preventive mind with mental therapy, 
mental health. So, and, and I do self-help books. I, you know, there's just so many avenues and I know I want to emphasize that there's just not a one size fits all. I mean, there's a lot of sizes and a lot of things and different avenues and many different, you know, through NAMI too, I know you can say that there's so many things to offer that, if you need this, we have this. If you need this, we have that. Yeah. Right, Josh? Well, yeah. Um, NAMI's amazing. Um, they they have a, a wide range of services. It's all pretty much the biomedical model, um, which is basically, they call NAMI the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I emailed the CEO when I first started working for NAMI. I said, I think we should change the I from illness to something like innovation or ingenuity or something like that, because the biomedical model sees these as like brain diseases, basically, which uh, I, that didn't really work well for me. I started to embrace that. And then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, oh, I'm sick in the head. And that that messed with my with my, my mm-hmm. self-esteem and like a whole bunch of things with the stigma. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that we're existential beings. And I think that's why when you think of the happy songs and the good memories, that's you tapping into something existential. It's like the human connection. It's that kind of um, that joy that I think is powerful. So I think mental health is much more multidimensional than uh, just the biomedical model. Although NAMI does have FaithNet as well, and they're involved in a bunch of different things. But there was a spiritual support group that I found, which was cool. Uh, It's not as cool as things could be. I think that there's actually a big niche that needs to be filled here. Maybe we're doing a little bit of that with this um, podcast that we've got, but it's called Living Grace. And they have a whole bunch of Living Grace groups that are online. You can go to local churches and do the Living Grace. And so that's both for family members and for people themselves who go through these kinds of struggles. So mm-hmm. I think those kind of social things are really great. And like you said, with the therapy, I had to shop around a little bit to get a therapist who I really clicked with because like right. that's important strokes for different folks. And then so for you, when they were prescribing the little exercises and the homework and the curriculum, what was something that stood out that you enjoyed? What was one thing that you could maybe share with the audience? Um, you know, um, I'm going blank right now, but what I do remember like this past summer, it was just delving into she had questions and I had to work through those questions to get to the root of what was bothering me. So I remember just like delving into it and then, you know, it was a self paced and I only had to, to see her for three weeks and it just helped tremendously this three weeks working through the questions and working back and forth and saying, Oh, this is why, Oh, I get it. Oh, so now, and then again, you know, the breathing too, I wasn't in my routine and I'm a routine girl. So I was out of my routine. So getting back into a routine in the summer is huge and important. And then allowing myself decompression time, from the stressful job of being a teacher, I need, I didn't give myself um, time to decompress all of that stress. And so, and I went right into doing activities that I should have given myself some time. So time is important too, to let your body regulate itself, right? Self-regulate, you know, being in charge of my self-regulation and making sure I'm regulated. And then that, and those are another strategies, right? self-management, self-regulation, those social and emotional learning um, strategies that help you keep charge of your well-being. And so things like that helped me over the summer. Um, 
So yeah, what about you? Yeah, that's cool. It's sometimes helpful to just have another person as like a mirror that allows you to see, oh yeah, well, I didn't give myself this time to to decompress and stuff. We're cyclical beings. We need the chill times and then we can ramp ourselves back up. And so I guess that's what my therapist did was just be a mirror that we, we're, we're able to learn from each other. Um, I, you know, I don't think psychology has it figured out. Like, I don't think they know what the nature of reality is. So like, it's going to come down a lot to the modality that the, the psychotherapist chooses because there's like psychoanalytic practice or there's depth psychology or there's transpersonal psychology or internal family systems. You were talking about like getting back to these childhood memories and stuff. And some of some really interesting ways of seeing the nature of reality, ways of seeing the human mind like internal family systems says that we have these almost independent characters operating in our mind. Um, and some of them even hide their identity from others. Some of them have different handwritings and stuff that we're much more of an ecosystem within ourselves. And so then it makes sense that we can benefit by understanding that ecosystem better, just like we can benefit by interacting with other people better because they help us to see angles of ourselves that we don't normally. And then for me, like the biggest thing was the spiritual aspect i mean like what on earth is all this like and so asking the big questions and connecting to god and seeing that there can be meaning even within the struggle times i mean the bible says that jesus was made perfect through his suffering so it's like oh suffering actually might have a purpose at some particular times maybe these depressions or the anxiety and the psychosis are more like a warning light that's going off that something's not quite right that we're not quite on the path or there's some sort of a, a disconnect and so maybe we need other people and we need like spiritual guidance and wisdom traditions to help us to figure out what that is. What's spirituality been like for you within your mental health? Has that been well, a tip that's worked? <laughs> Just the sirens went off as you said that because back in my depth of depression and, and wanting to, to get rid of the pain when I was going through the trauma, um, you know, I, I went to church, I was going to church and, and I was like, why? Why am I still feeling this pain and this suffering? And, and then I realized as I fast forwarded a little bit and I realized, you know, um, I, I was, I was so concentrating on the pain. I forgot to think of God. I forgot to say, you know, oh, you know, there's a song, um, God, where are you? Oh, where can you be? And it's like, where are you? You know, and I, mm. and I finally, as soon as, that pain and i realized that trying to get rid of the pain through not being here on earth was the was the devil like trying to i mean because i do believe there's the devil saying you know do this that devil on your shoulder and like the devil wants our soul but yeah and and then i realized no and so god lifted me up i felt it i, I when i was in my depths of despair God scooped me up. And, and, and so I remember just feeling like that spiritual along with, I was still seeing a psychiatrist. I was still seeing a psychologist and I was still being counseled by a priest. So I had three entities looking at me, you know, and, and helping me along, along with my spirituality. And then after I really figured out that that was the devil and not God, I realized that God gave me a gift and it's my gift to God to show him how grateful and how much I want him back. 
go back to him in the kingdom of God, right? So then that truly changed my life. It truly changed. And again, that was at the hard time of my life where I didn't have my kids with you, me, and God gave me that, that time to realize all this and move forward. And ever since that day, I know that um, killing myself will never be an option in my life ever again. And so that was the aha, like, and, and then again, I believe wholeheartedly God puts people in your path mm -hmm. and that you pay attention to those people in your path to guide you and help you through things because that's important as well. Yeah. Having your family and my family, like I said, last time with my sister, it was her belief in God that she didn't give up on me. Right. It was her faith in, yeah. in God, her faith in, and believing in what God promises and sharing it with me and, and, and doing it, in the most nicest way she could because she's she, she's amazing but we've always had that relationship where it was a little we would butt heads but god allowed it to be graceful right that relationship mm -hmm. became graceful wow. because she was showing the unconditional love to me and i felt it and so that's God's power and that's God's love, right? And his, his goodness. And so it's just amazing as I look back on it. And, and that was the catalyst. And, and that was the beginning of my new beginning, right? The beginning of my relationship with God at the next level at no, Mary, it's like this. See, you went through that so you could do this and now follow me. And I hear, I hear that all the time now. Follow me. And I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Right. So that, and now I'm, I mean, it's just open. It, it was like this and now it's open and it's open and it's yeah. that blossoming flower. Totally. And now I'm, I'm like probably here and it's just allowing more time, but this is with, all the other stuff added. I still went to the therapist. I still went right. to, I still kept up the strategies that I've learned, the tools in my pocket, right? Get tools in your pocket. Oh, when this happens, I can use this tool. When this happens, I can use this tool in my life. When this happens, I can use this tool in my life. So you learn that through all kinds of avenues. I think that's what I found in my life. So um, yeah, back to you, Josh. What do you, what do you think next? I love that picture of the flower. I think that might oh, be a good place to start to wrap so, up as we open up. I'm so visual, yeah, everybody. So I'm always using my hands. I'm just pumping. Yeah. No, but it's so true. And I think a plant metaphor is perfect. And if you think about even how Jesus described the afterlife, he said the seed has to die before it can be reborn as the plant. And you said there was kind of a new birth within you, a new level of relationship that you're born into with God. Oh, my goodness. And it was God lifting you up. And when you realize there's an enemy, there's like another force that's trying to deceive you. There's a trick within the world. That's a different paradigm shift. And it's like, oh, I kind of see things a little clearer now. So I, I do think that the seed beneath the surface of the soil can seem to be doing nothing. It's just lying there and breaking open. So like if you guys are listening and it feels like there's a, a dissolution in your life and a breaking open and it seems really dark, just know that the, the season will come when the seed 
bursts forth and the plant as it erupts into mutual consensus reality is of such a more glorious magnitude than the seed like they, they're not even comparable so the new life that is blossoming within you and that has blossomed in me through the hard times i do think leads to something even better to come so my mother-in-law i think we, we just dropped a couple of seeds in people's lives and you certainly dropped a couple of mine but this is some good stuff any final thoughts you know, um, again, I just want to go back to the why. Why are we doing this, Josh? And I want to say for myself, you know, I'll be 61 in November and um, at my life and just like there was a time I didn't think I would be grateful and blessed. And and I am. And I just want to say, how how does that happen? You never give up. You keep on going. You think in the power of the now and you give it to God. So that's my saying. You know, it's a it's a day, you know, one day at a time. And I used to sing that um, the serenity prayer in mm. in the shower every day. You know, God, give me your grace. Give me your courage to know the difference and the wisdom and all of that. And, you know, that that's helped. And just keeping prayer alive in your life, um, keeping your strategies that you know in your life, keeping the people that help you, you know, um, surround yourself with positivity. Mm -hmm. um, that is huge. And, and you get to choose. If it's not positive, you you can choose to, to use your I statements and say, you know, I, I need positivity in my life. And, and it's not going to be that way. I had to do that this past summer and just say, I I have to have positivity around or, you know, I, I can't continue this friendship. And she chose not to continue the friendship. And, and I just, but I offer goodness and wellness to her. You offer goodness to the people that, that are not positive because what do they need? What do they need? So God, give them what they need. Mm -hmm. Give the prayer to them. And so I'm just like at 61, I, I'm looking forward to what's coming in the future. And, you know, I'm now delving into scripture more than I ever have because I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty oh, for that. Yeah. And so that's, that's something I haven't. I mean, I could tell you the stories. Oh, yeah. It said it in the Bible, this, but I can't pinpoint it. So that's my next avenue is to be able to tell you, oh, in this verse, it says this. And in this verse, that says this. So some more learning, right? We're As a teacher, I can say this. We're lifelong learners. The learning never ends. And with that, I'll throw it back in your court. Uh, I'll take it and I'll take a bite out of it. <laughs> I'll digest that stuff. And I got an idea. I think maybe for our next episode, we should do one on scripture verses that have helped to guide Perfect. our path. So how about we do that? Well, then peace out, my mother and all. This has been good stuff. If you're all watching, thanks you for know. watching. You've chosen the positive. Thank you so and now much. now you can turn it off. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. That was quite a That was quite a That was quite a